where am I? <laughs> Welcome back. This is Kiddush Club. Uh, we're not in the business of playing Goyesha music. Let's get that out of the way first. But this was a tribute to uh, this Goyesha song, which is called, I believe, We're Not Gonna Take It. Well, because we're not. Right. We are not going to take it. By Twisted Sister. So this song, is uh, it, it goes back, I think it was maybe from the 70s, uh, like a kind of like a heavy metal band. And this song has made its way through the political spectrum. It was used very often by lots of different people. Most recently, it was used by Donald Trump. His campaign in 2020 used it. And when the lead singer was interviewed about it and asked, well, you know, you know, Trump is using your song. Uh, he said, absolutely not. We give no right for him to use it. We do not want him using it. Uh, they have no right. And they had to stop using it. Did they? Because I understand that there's no copyright on music anymore. No, there is copyright on music. Yes, there is. The, you, you could use music in an artistic form if you take it and you derive something with it. Uh, but there's been a lot of case law about this. You can't take a song and use it commercially for a commercial thing and... Uh, you know, just do it scot-free. You need to have rights for it. I do wonder how they would feel about us using it, right? I don't know where they stand. So that's a good question, but I would say like this. So the lead singer, uh, his name is D. Snyder, was approached by uh, the website TMZ because it seems that the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces, are using this song to get themselves hyped up. Okay. They're using this song, and they asked him how he felt about that, and this is what he had to say. You've had your issues with people using, we're not going to take it, you know. Are you okay with uh, with the military using it? Because you, you got a full-on war happening right now. I mean, no one I like better using we're not going to take it than the military. You good with IDF using it? Or? You know what? The Israelis, the assault on the Israelis, people are losing sight of something. You know, people saying that, oh, the response is going to be too intense. Yeah. But what happened? Well, you don't get to decide on the response, people, when you do heinous things to civilians. You don't get to say, oh, that's enough. That's enough retaliation. No, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. When you cross that line, you're burning people, you're slaughtering people, you're raping people, you're, 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 you're just killing people. That's what happened with that festival. You don't get to say, okay, you get to kill. You get your revenge can be this much. No. Paybacks, you know, and I come from that school. Yeah. You cross that line, you know, so you're okay with the, that being played as the battle cry? Oh, hell yeah. That's a full-throated support. Yeah. <laughs> Are you okay with that being the battle cry of the IDF? Heck yeah. So that was really nice to see. And in tribute to this gentleman, who I believe is actually Jewish or half-Jewish, uh, in tribute, we began the podcast with that song, and we hope we don't get sued. Oh, and before we forget, we have a few shout-outs. Shruli Kupferstein, Mazel Tov on your Bar Mitzvah, and also Ari Rosenberg was recently Bar Mitzvahed. Uh, mazel Tov to both you guys. Well, anyway, if you're new to the cast, uh, we've been covering, obviously, we've been covering Israel because that is the talk of the... Of the day. Of the of millennium. The uh, obviously, we're all tuned into it. All of us Jews are tuned in. Uh, but at the same time, we know that everyone has been getting a ton of information, and we don't want to overdo it. Uh, if, you, if you're if you at overload, news overload, when it comes to Israel, we're going to tell you, like we did last time, to jump to the second half of this podcast where we talk about things not related to Israel. And for everybody else, if you want to hear what we're going to be doing, this is going to be an audio journey 
we're going to take this audio journey together. So it, we're going to be bringing you the latest and greatest in what's been going on in the war in Gaza, and we're going to be doing it through audio. Oh, this is new to me. So, <laughs> so, so I'm coming with you. So you're just a uh, no. I'm coming with the. I'm coming with the. You're audience. coming on the journey. Yeah. Okay. And we're going to lead off with this audio clip. And by the way, all of these are videos. We're going to be including these videos as we always do in our WhatsApp group. You could join our WhatsApp group from going to our website, kiddushclubpodcast.com, or click on the link in the show notes. And when I first saw this video, uh, you get chills. You, you get chills. My whole body was, and every time I watch it, I get chills, as if I watched it for the first time. I'm going to cut straight to, uh, let's say, 10 or 15 seconds into the clip. Here it is. That energy is like unstoppable, you know? Yeah. And it's videos like this. But wait, did you get chills? Yes. I mean, I've seen this a bunch of times, of obviously, course. before now. But it's videos like this that give me chayal fever. What's chayal fever? Like, I want to go. I want to serve. You want to serve, right? I do. And more and more Haredim are joining. I, I saw, I'm sure you saw that video of them getting sworn in. Uh, after their basic training. After the basic the training, anthem yeah. Anthem of Israel. Yeah. But I mean, like you just have that feeling like I just want to go serve. That's what you want to do. Okay, let me tell you what I want to do. You ready for this? This is I, I figured out what the right job is for me because obviously you know I wouldn't be the great the greatest, you know, soldier, right? I yeah, I can imagine. Can I mean imagine. I can't picture you being at the front line, but right. that's where I want to be. Right. So you would be at the front line, I wouldn't be, but I, I have I have the drive to be at the front line, but I know that I'm not the right person, right? I'm not qualified. Not just not qualified. I'm the guy that's going to bring everybody down, as we discussed. <laughs> I'm the guy that... <laughs> You're bringing me down right now. I'm the guy that my sure band was talking about. Right. right. But I thought of a job for me that I would do, and I think I could do it well. You ready for this? And Let they don't hear. do this. Imagine now they're going into Gaza, okay? Everyone's getting ready. I come out. I'm in the front. And before anybody goes in, I pull out a big shoifer. And I just wail on that thing. Could you imagine? What, how would you feel? Wait, are you talking about the curly ones? Because those are yeah. hard to blow. No, no, I could blow them. Really? Yeah, yeah, I've done it. I've done it. I'm good at it, too. Really? Yeah, yeah. Loud, long. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. I was thinking a little bit more along the lines of you making disparaging comments to the Palestinians, like to the Hamas <laughs> fighters. No, that would be you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, like with a big bullhorn, like, is that all you got? Like something no, like that. That would be you. Giving them your your impression of a Palestinian talking. <laughs> the only problem is I wouldn't have a job when I came back. So if anyone out there, I'd replace you. That's right. <laughs> You'd be replaced like that, unless we went together and we did it and we recorded remotely. We've been getting requests 
for us to go to Israel and record. And I'm not going to lie, as we mentioned before, I've had opportunities and each time I've actually thought about going and I really do have a drive to go, as I'm sure you do also. I think we should do it. I think we should do it. I think we should put a, a like a kiddish club fund together that we just, you know, if the Ilum wants us to go, let's go. Ilum, if you want us to go, buy us a coffee. <laughs> it's going to take enough, more than a little coffee. We got a bunch of coffees. We're going. I mean, but you saw that video of the plane, you know, trying to land at Ben Gurion and, and missiles are flying and they had to circle while Iron Dome. Yeah, you mentioned that them. on our podcast, right. With Levy Cantor, which, right. if you haven't heard, is fascinating. Yes. Um, but but like, you know, so like he said, it only about. happened once. He did say that, but and that also, doesn't help a person with anxiety, right? You know how the, you know how it works. But if you're going in a military capacity, I feel like it's different. Maybe they could fly us to a base. No, wow. <laughs> no, there's no such thing. Wait, no, you have to fly into Ben Gurion. That's step A. You're flying into Ben Gurion, right? So if there's missiles flying and you're on that plane. I'm not going to be able to make it past that because I'm going to have a heart attack on the plane and then we're You'll done. You'll have a small panic attack and you will recover. Yeah. That's part of it. You think so? Yeah. You think I'll get through it? I think you, I think you, can, I think you can do it. <laughs> okay, our next clip. Here it comes. Chills number two. You ready? Go. That's the beauty of of this war, and it's that that no matter how religious they are, they're on board, right? You see how many people were giving out tzitzis. I mean, there's every single like you have chayalim that have no, they don't even have a yarmulke, but they have they're wearing they're wearing the tzitzis. Right. It's amazing to me. There's no and, atheist in a foxhole. Well, it, I don't even know if it's about that. They don't know. They're just they don't have the they don't have the the education. They don't right. have the background. Nishpah, right. Right. Exactly, but they're but they're all in. They're all in, and and you know what? It's it's. I, I want to say it's the Jewish neshama that shines through at these points. They, they're going to war to defend a land that is not just where they live. This is a land that was promised by God to the Jewish people, and even if you're completely not religious, that has to affect you, especially when you go into you're going into Gaza. You know that you may not make it. And a lot, of, and you know, there's there. I mean, there is a, unfortunately yes. there is a, a body count. Yeah, as of now, it's seventeen. Unfortunately, uh, but to know that you're going in and you're you're going to die al kiddush Hashem for something that's much greater than you. It's not just about you know you're not in just a military serving a country. You're serving netzach netzachim. Yeah, no, that's true, hundred percent. And it's not just uh, you know the IDF. That's uh, that's feeling it. I mean, it's like you said before. It's everybody. Everybody's feeling it, and everybody wants to do something. And uh, we all saw this amazing clip that was done by Shai Graucher, where he went and th- this was the most creative idea ever. He basically brings like these trucks that have these laundry machines on them, and he goes to the bases so that the soldiers can clean their clothes. Like, who thinks of that? He's anticipating every need that they could possibly have because 
I think we spoke about this also with Levy that there there are people that come to them and they don't they haven't washed their clothes in a week. Right. You know, for you to be able to give them that comfort, it just frees up space in their mind, in their subconscious even, to be able to focus on the fight. The best part is in the video where he like somebody hands him their clothes and he's like, "Woo, wasn't washed in a week." <laughs> I'm like, "Did he actually smell it, or is he just doing that for the camera?" Well, anyway, here here's a little bit of of how that sounded. Guys, we are here next to the border. Laundry, washing machines, dryers. We're getting now. It's going to be ready, and we're going to iron for the soldiers. This is not a base. This is in the field, and these soldiers are in front line to Gaza. A week and a half, he didn't do laundry, and we're doing laundry right now. So it's totally heartwarming. And, you know, these things we take for granted, like clean clothing, you know, they don't take those things for granted. They're in a war, and something as simple as having clean clothes makes such a big difference. So, shkayach tashai, and keep it up. I mean, everybody's doing their part, and it's it's a beautiful thing to see. Unfortunately for us in the diaspora, you know, things are not great. <laughs> Let's just say that. Uh, unfortunately, no matter where you live right now, if you're Jewish, you're feeling it. You're feeling the pressure. You're feeling the fear. Uh, of course, we know there is nothing to fear. Hashem is with us. But at the same time... Those the, free Palestine protests are pretty scary. Yes. And as you know, I attended one. Oh, that's right. What was that like? So... Uh, there was so we knew that there was going to be a lot of police presence, uh, and I and a bunch of friends we had davened, and we decided that we were going to go see, but we're just going to go look, right? We're going to go look and see what it looked like. I keep saying the best place to find Jews is at a Free Palestine <laughs> yes, rally. Yes. So uh, we're in the streets of Manhattan, and I said, okay, I'm going to go see it. And I was on the sidewalk, I was walking. I didn't realize that this protest was actually going to take up the entire street and the sidewalks. So now, as I was walking. The next thing I knew was I was in the center of the protest with the protesters. Cap or yarmulke? Yarmulke. Oi. Yes. I didn't care. And some of the people I was with said, take off your yarmulke. I said, I'm not taking off my yarmulke. This is my city. I've been in this city for years. This is my city. I'm not taking off my yarmulke. Of course, I'm a tough guy because there was police there. <laughs> There's no police there. <laughs> yarmulke was coming off. It becomes a frisbee. Yes. So now we saw it from the beginning. And unfortunately, the first thing that hits you when these... Uh, protesters come are the Natura Karta, who are at the forefront. They're at the head of the protest. And without realizing what I was doing, I just started screaming, Chilol Hashem! Just like that. Chilol Hashem! What, what did they respond? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you an audience. Well, another guy I was with, he actually wasn't wearing a yarmulke. He went to the head guy, head Natura Karta, and this was caught on video. And like the news organization's picked it up he went up to him right up i was on the side screaming it at them he walked up to the banner holding the tour carta and started screaming at him and he was screaming and and which means you know do not stand by do not stand over your brother's blood and uh he was screaming at them and the police actually took him away you know the protesters started getting in his face screaming in his face and the police actually took him to the side well he looked heated yeah he was heated right. he got really upset i would see i didn't go that far i was just screaming Hashem. but what i noticed which was crazy to me was the amount of people that were absolutely not of arab descent or palestinian descent these were regular american people uh marching especially it seemed the leaders of this 
seemed like regular American people, and it was just shocking. And the things that they were saying, including, you know, intifada, intifada, you know, globalize the intifada. Intifada is a violent uprising. This is what they're calling for. They were, you know, they were doing the from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, which is a call to eradicate and Israel. Israel yeah. as, you know, I have to tell you, and I'm not 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 to be Don Lekavskos, not to give them the benefit of the doubt necessarily. But I feel like there's a lot of ignorance. There's so much ignorance here, right? They don't know what they're asking for. They don't know what they're calling for. You know what? If you stand with Gaza, maybe you should stand in Gaza. <laughs> but none yes. of them have ever been there. None of them know the, the real deal or the, the true story, right? They're just, I, I, it's, it's underdog. That's right? right. It's underdogism. That's, that's exactly that's right. what they're doing. They're just like, oh, well, Israel's this big, mighty military, and these Palestinians are just a few peeps in a village. Poor guys, right? Let's support them. That's what Americans do. That's now, exactly right. It's just, it's stupidity. And it's not stomp stupidity. It's breathtaking stupidity. Like, yes. it takes your <laughs> breath away. That's how, like, dumb they are. They don't, they're just uneducated, and they're just uninformed. And... They'll tell you, oh, how many Palestinian children were killed, and they'll tell you about how uh, it's the occupation. The apartheid, it's, it's, all it's these a, ridiculous... The, the list goes on and on. So it's funny that you mentioned that because that brings us to the next point of our journey. There's this group called Facts for Peace, and what they've been doing is... Pretty, I, pretty brilliant. I love you, it. You saw it. Okay, love good. It. I don't know anybody who hasn't seen it. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. So here it is. Uh, I'll play it for the audience, and then we'll talk about it. We're doing a, a quick petition to help Hamas free Palestine. Uh, you're all in? Mm-hmm. All right. Oh yeah, you're in? Easily. I just have to read terms and conditions just so okay. you, know, you know what you're signing. Okay. By supporting Hamas freeing Palestine, you agree to the following. You agree that every Jew, Christian, and non-Muslim in the world must be slaughtered? I don't know about that one. You endorse making homosexuality punishable by jail or death? Oh no, I don't. You don't agree with that? You believe Iran should use Palestinians as puppets to spread radical jihad and destroy the West? No. No? No. I'm glad I read the terms yeah. of agreement. You support strict Sharia law, which bans women from showing their knees, hair, playing sports in public, not being able to travel without a man's permission. I'm sorry. I'm not interested? Oh, okay. You want a terrorist group that beheads babies and rapes girls to replace only democracy in the Middle East? Not sure that's something to support. So if I sign, I agree with this. Yes. Maybe no. No? Okay. Oh no. Thank you. No. I don't support any of these two things that you just read to me, so okay. then I won't be able to sign this then. That's fair. No, thanks for not signing. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Have a good one. Take care, brother. And that's a perfect demonstration of how most of them have no idea that this is what Hamas stands Says for. Exactly. Right? And they're like, well, I don't know about that. And by the way, he got the intelligent ones that are not just, oh, where do I sign? I don't care. Just where do I sign? Like, I'm sure there were plenty of those. A hundred percent. I mean, when I was at this protest, I was dying to go over to some of them and just ask them those questions myself before I I had seen anything like this. uh, But... And you were coaxing me on, telling me you were texting me, saying, "Do it, do it." I chickened out. <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not a very good influence. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> no, I chickened out because, you know what it was? They they, they were walking and shouting and moving. I, what am I going to do? Tell someone, "Hey, could you come to the side and have a conversation with me?" Like it, it didn't. It didn't lend itself to that. But the only problem is, is so even if you change one mind, it's not going to do anything. That's right. What I want to understand is how it. it where is it coming from? Like, is there a solution to this? Like, how do we obliterate the ignorance? 
that's out there? There's no way. And part of the reason is because uh, the universities are complicit. The media is complicit. Uh, yes, the, the president of Columbia released a letter. And yes, the, the universities are responding. But these universities where until now they would flip out if people use you know different pronouns, all of a sudden now they're fine with people having protests that call for intifada, like we said, that call for the river to the sea. That don't condemn October 7th. They didn't you don't condemn even need it. to right. say anything That's right. more than that. Right, right. They can't bring themselves to condemn it, even though you could say free Palestine, like we said, free Palestine from Hamas. That would be an, that's an option. Right. Just say but, that. But for some reason, that kind of gets lost in like if you if you're like if you're at a free Palestine rally, there's no mention of Hamas. Like so what's the story guys? Are we with Hamas? Are we not with Hamas? Like they don't want to talk about it. Right. Right? We just want a free Palestine. Like right. just let's just get rid of the Jews. Right. Like it's 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 bananas. Right. If you if you ask them it, it, not just this video, there are many videos where people say, "Well, free Palestine, what does that mean? Free it from what?" And they they are forced to save from Jews, right? So it's then where did the occupation? Yeah, exactly. We have to end the occupation, right? So where did the Jews go? Right. <laughs> where should they go? And then, then then they get the then they have the ridiculous hands. They got to go back to Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, I never saw that yeah, one. Yeah, like 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 they, <laughs> like that's where we all came from. <laughs> and it's gotten so crazy that I, I th- either it was Germany or in England, the police are actually removing the you know the signs for, of the kidnapped children. The police are taking them down. Because it's causing too much tension. Exactly. Exactly. But, like, why can't everybody be like, okay, there's good people, there's bad people, but the children that are kidnapped, let's get them out of it. Like, can't we all agree to that? Yeah, I don't don't understand. And then they're just like, no, it's propaganda. Like, even the college students. Like, you have a younger sister. What if she was kidnapped? Right. Right. No, it's propaganda. It's not true. Do you have proof? That's what they want. They want proof. It's crazy. It's crazy. And Did you see the video, though, uh, coming out of France, where they're painting homes yes. with Jewish stars, with Jewish stars yes. and then this woman just broke down? Yes. You saw that. There was one who was a Holocaust survivor who broke down because she hasn't seen this since the Holocaust. Right. She's like, I, it reminds me of the hate I experienced as a child. Unfortunately, I think what this war has done, it's given license to all the anti-Semites to come out from under the rocks that they've been under. And like, you know, they've been bottled, they've had it bottled up all this time. (laughs) And it's like, oh, oh, this is our time to shine. And all the anti-Semites, and it's all of them. It's all of them. From from members of Congress all the way on down. I saw another interesting uh, video. I want to share it with you. Uh, This, because I didn't know about this senior member of Hamas whose name is Yahya Sinwar. So this guy, Yahya Sinwar, he's in charge of the day-to-day governance in Gaza, and Israel already said he's a dead man walking. So that we had heard, but I didn't know his backstory. And I'm going to give you the backstory from this clip. Here it is. So you see that guy? That's Yahya Sinwar. He's the leader of Hamas in the Gaza Strip. He finished his bachelor degree and joined Azadin al-Qassam, which is a terror group inside Hamas. In 1989, he was responsible for the abduction and killings of two Israeli soldiers and four Palestinians. Not Israeli, Palestinian. He was sentenced to five life sentences by Israel. During his time in prison, his brutality was well known. 
He earned himself the nickname the Butcher of Khan Yunis. In 2008, doctors discovered he has a tumor in his brain. Instead of just letting him die, Israel treated him. He got the best doctors, he got the best hospitals, he got everything. And you know how much money he had to pay? Zero. Nothing. Israel saved his life and three years later he was released from prison as a part of the Gilad Shalit prisoner exchange. In 2017 he became the leader of Hamas in the Gaza Strip. He is the one responsible for the massacre of October 7th. Imagine if the US saved Osama bin Laden's life and then his people committed 9-11. That's crazy. Crazy. Because we should have a policy that we don't treat terrorists. Unlike the terrorists, we are Rahmanim. That's the difference between us. And if we lose that, that would, that, that would make us not who we are. That's who we are. We're Rahmanim, we're Baishanim. This is what we are. We're not like them. We, we, we cherish life, we protect life. They destroy life. I'm kind of at a loss for words right now. Crazy, because, right? Like, how do you bite the hand that feeds you, that saved your life, literally? Evil. There's one word, evil. Amalek. This is what you know. When we learn about Amalek and we learn about the concept of Amalek, and you know, it's it's hard. It's it's always a hard concept to grasp. You know, how could it be that there's this nation and they're evil? Like that's impossible. How, how's that possible? Oh no, but we're seeing it before our eyes. These people are pure evil. There is no solution for them. There's no rehabilitating these people. They're just pure evil. And just as an example. Here's an interview of one of the senior Hamas people who is talking uh, about the fact that there's no bomb shelters in Gaza. You ever wonder, why didn't they build any bomb shelters in Gaza? They built all these tunnels, but why didn't they build bomb shelters? I think I saw that video. Not one. Not, not a, a single, single bomb shelter. One, which is crazy. So it's pure evil. They don't even care about their own people. But it, would even, it would not have even taken much. No, right? Take nothing. Right? Nothing. It's like a few slabs of concrete. Yeah. It's like, okay, everybody go in here. Yeah. Go in here. They're doing it anyway. They're building the tunnels anyway. They have all the equipment. Just take one room, make a shelter here, and then continue your tunnels. <laughs> right. It's not hard. Right. Just a short reprieve from no, so tunnel building. Elawat, they want, as, as everybody's been saying, they want the... Uh, human shield factor. They want the human No, not just human shields. They want them to die because that helps their cause. Because that's what gets the West and the rest of the world to, to turn on Israel. Well, think they about it. They need them to die. It's a perfect scenario for them because it's like, what are you worried about? You're going to go to heaven. Right? right. I'm doing you a favor. Biggest favor ever. You'll thank me later. Right. That's what they're saying. Exactly. And they're, they're choosing that for them. But um, on the lighter side, I saw this video, this clip of this young girl who was at one of the protests, and this is what she had to say. How did she mess that up? It's like she was forgetting whose payroll she's on. Oh, she's not going to have a good time tonight. She's in big trouble. <laughs> you grounded. <laughs> she's lucky if that's all she gets. Yeah, that's true. But she's a kid. She's just a kid. And that's when they indoctrinate them, from when they're kids. Right. And that's how it starts. Listen, at the end of the day, all we could do is continue to daven, continue to donate. We have the links in I the show notes. give you one rally, one rally to, do, to lead. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> 
Continue to daven, continue to donate. You could do that in the show notes. We have several links. Whichever you give to will make a difference. If you want us to go down and do a show on location, you got to buy us a coffee. The link is on our website, kiddishclubpodcast.com. Now let's move on to general news. Okay, and in the world at large and the news at large, I mean, Israel continues to dominate the news of the world at large. You know, yeah, you can't and, escape you can't it. Escape I it. know you're trying, but yeah, you cannot. Trying. So Russia, Russia, who's been buddy-buddy with Israel for many years, uh, that Israel wasn't helping Ukraine. They got called out by Zelensky, right? Zelensky said, how could Israel not be helping us? And the reason Israel wasn't helping was because they didn't want to upset Russia because they were on a very good relationship. But now you have the new axis of evil, which is Russia, Iran, and China. And they're all on team, what do you want to call team Team evil? evil. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty clear. (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) And uh, so Russia came out at the United, United Nations and said that Israel actually does not have a right to defend itself because they are an occupying force. And therefore, they have no right to defend itself and they're not allowed to be doing anything. Against the uh, against Hamas, isn't that nice? I mean, it's what you'd expect. It's you, it's what you would expect. And 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 Wagner Group. We have to talk about them. Yes, article from the Wall Street Journal claiming that the Wagner Group is sending equipment now to Hezbollah in Lebanon. They must be paying, obviously, because Wagner is a business, right? They're no, in Putin, the- Putin. Putin is the one who pays. He, he gets the bill. He's the one who's paying all that stuff from Wagner. Yeah. Well, I was thinking that Israel should have hired Wagner Group <laughs> just to go into Gaza. Like, leave our boys at home, hire Wagner, and let them just deal with the Palestinians and Hamas. I mean, these guys yeah. are armed to the teeth. Right, and they're for hire, these guys. Right, and they're bored out of their mind. Like, you just say the word, and they'll be there, like, literally in an hour. I could imagine them just going over to Wagner Group and being like, eh, Wagner, we pay you vodka if you come deal with the Hamas. <laughs> the only problem is is that Putin might overbid, you know? Yes. I see your vodka, and I raise you borscht. <laughs> I mean, we're laughing. It's, it's not funny, right? I mean, Putin is the man behind all this. I don't know. I don't think that that's a real possibility. Like, I don't know if Wagner would take the job. No, surely not. You know? Surely not. Because they do have to deal with Russia, and there's this bigger picture that's involved. A hundred percent. Yeah, at the end of the day, as we know, anyone who, uh, as the lead, the former head of the Wagner Group can testify. (laughs) Right? You don't want to upset Putin. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Moving on. Here's a crazy story. So there's a a volcano in New Zealand, uh, the White Island Wakari Volcano. It exploded in 2019. And unfortunately, 22 people died from it. So it turns out that that volcano is owned privately. It's owned by people. It's not a government. It's not like a state park. What is it, like a partnership? No, they they own it. And now the government of New Zealand wants the the, the owners to deal with the... uh, Damage? The damage, et cetera, from everything that happened. And they're saying that they're not responsible. Well, I'm... How do you even own a volcano? Like, that's... It's like a natural phenomenon. They own the land. So if you own the land that has I a mean, volcano look, on it. Right. You're responsible for the land. It's your land. So uh, the company, when contacted, what they said was, Wakari is not a business. It's an island. Was it hazardous? Yes. 
WML doesn't shy away from that. Granting rights of access to an active volcano is really just the landowner granting rights of access to hazardous natural land, which occurs all over New Zealand all the time. So they're saying, we're not high of anything. This is a case for Besden. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Right? I wonder what the halacha is. You, you started Baba Kama, didn't you? Yeah. No, not yet. Baba Kama starts on Shabbos. So when you get in the heat of it, you'll give us the psak, right? It's all about damages. Yes. What if? The, I wonder if the, the owner's Jewish. For all we know, could be Jewish owners. Could be. Did you, did you By see? the way, that's a big... I'm like, that's such a flex, right? Like a guy's like, oh, you know, I have a summer home in Tom's River. I have a pool. You know, why don't you come over and see my my, my pool? Oh, no, nah, mate. I have a volcano. <laughs> that's it. You win. Right. <laughs> it's, you, you, it's automatic. Nothing. It's automatic. The ultimate flex. The ultimate flex. But speaking of New Zealand, did you see the video where they have this tribal dance that's supporting Israel? Yeah, I was just so confused about it. Like, what what was going on there? In New Zealand... Well, let, let's play a little bit of it. Here ahead. it is. Yeah, so I'm just baffled by this video. I didn't even want to include it in the in the uh, in the episode because I don't even understand it. So I think there's a lot that happens down under that we have no idea about, right? It's it's the it's the other hemisphere. Like I don't even know what goes on there. New Zealand, Australia, they have these tribes, and this is from the Maori oh, oh, you tribe. You mean like the Aboriginal tribes? Maybe I, I like I don't know, <laughs> but I've okay. seen this dance. I've seen the, the like the yelling. It's very intense. Very intense. So it's going to be foreign to your Western mind. You understand? <laughs> oh, my Western mind. <laughs> <laughs> I've but seen you... <laughs> it before. Like, at least I have some familiarity. Okay. Okay. Well, there you have it. Of course, it will be in the uh, WhatsApp with the rest of the videos. But moving into Japan right now. So, and this is a double, double whammy here because we have Japan and we have airplane. My two favorite topics. Let's do it. <laughs> so, uh, Japan Airlines had to add an extra flight because two of the because they were <laughs> get it out. I can't get it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, this is right up your alley. So Japan Airlines had to add an extra flight because they a bunch of sumo wrestlers were traveling, <laughs> <laughs> and the plane couldn't deal with the extra weight. O M G. Yeah. I mean, you. These are things that I'll think about. But I never thought that it's reality. It's reality. You know, sumo wrestling is one of those things that we all know about. I don't have the first, the faintest idea of what it is. If it's even real, is it? Is it? Is it fake? Oh no, it's legit. It's legit. Oh yes. These huge three hundred pound, three hundred pound. What are you like in the lightweight category? <laughs> it's the lightweight, right? They have to push each other off the mat. 
Right. That's really out what of the it circle, is. Right? Out of the circle, off the mat. And it's, uh, you know, they take it super serious. Like, <laughs> I watch it and I'm in awe just, like, I'm, I'm so amused. You, I knew you watched of it. Course. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it when I saw the, the, the story. But, like, these guys are, like, obese. Yeah, but intentionally. Yeah. Right? And, and like the, I think eat. they're very strong also. I, I don't think it's, like, just that they're obese. They're, they're, they have crazy muscle under that fat. I I, I mean, they have to. Obviously, yeah. you'll, you'll win the more, the stronger you are as an obese sumo wrestler. And also, the dress code. Mm, not for me. Yeah. Th- what's up with that? Yeah, I don't know. That's traditional Japanese culture where they put on like a, a wrap. It look, looks almost like a diaper. Diaper, yeah. yeah. That's exactly right. So, yeah, they, they, they went over the limit. They had to bring a second plane to get the sumo wrestlers to their intended you destination. You no fry here. You no fry here. No, too heavy. <laughs> so, yeah, that happened. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because there's only two sides in Japan. Like there is only there is like they're mostly thin people, right? When you think about a Japanese yeah, person, yeah, it's true. They're a thin, you know. A I thin mean, but we don't population. know. Is that statistical? There is no middle know. of the road. There is no like slightly overweight. You're either a sumo wrestler or you're in the thin category. That's there's only there's only two sides. Okay, well let's 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 follow this up with some fact checking. Uh, the prevalence of obesity in Japan. Well, this comes from 2010 from the World Health Organization was 3.8 in males, 3.8% of the population. Which is ridiculously low. low. And 3.2 in females. Let's compare that to the United States. So let's say it's on an average of three and a half, right? Three and a half. Okay. (laughs) Compare that to the United States. The latest data (laughs) indicates almost 40% of the population in the United States is obese. Okay. So was I right? You were correct. Fact check. True. Yeah, so it's so maybe that that ad, maybe that adds to the mystique of the whole thing for the Japanese. Right, they never see these obese uh, right. sumo wrestlers. It's like they go not only to for the sport, but also for the viewing, for the beholding of these, an obese human being. Right, that's maybe part, I don't know if that's really true. Part but. of the indulgence of the entire sport. <laughs> okay, so my next two stories. They they shouted out to me because I could so see this happening to like I I had to read the article to see if it was a Jew because it's like you read it and you're like oh that's for sure a Jewish guy so here for example the first one a hiker was lost for 24 hours in a forest this was in Colorado and he ignored the rescuer's phone calls <laughs> because he didn't recognize the number so he was pushing ignore <laughs> and that's me by the way that's I ignore every phone call if I don't have your number. I never, ever answer a number if I don't recognize it. Yeah, but if you were lost in the woods, you might. You might pick up the phone call from Bank of America who's looking for their latest credit card statement but to come be paid. On. You know people that would not do that. I mean, we all know people like that. Come on. I mean, I said I'm like that. No, I'm rude. I'm legit like that. Yeah, me like, too. I'm telling you, I don't I, if answer. If I know you, I probably don't answer. Yes. <laughs> and then if I don't know the number, I definitely don't answer. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So I, Do you know why? Because nobody ever calls me wanting to give me stuff. That's true. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everybody's calling me because they want something. Yep. You know what? I'm not in the mood right now. Decline. That's right. That is correct. But now I know why you never answer my calls. <laughs> you are on the list. I am. I know. But 
but if if somebody would be lost in the woods, I imagine they would pick up even a telemarketer and be like, "Bro, get me help. Right. Whatever, I'll subscribe to whatever you want. <laughs> just get me someone. I'll give as much money you want to whatever charity you want. Just get me found right now." <laughs> yes. Right. Speaking of that, how is this organization? Is it Yad Laachim or Yad Eliezer? Do you get this on WhatsApp? No. It's like a verified. Uh, business it's a verified business and i don't know how they have my number or how, like i don't even know i just get these yad eliezer what do they, they they want money of course they want money <laughs> i just don't know how they got into my phone and onto my whatsapp and i don't report them because it's a jewish organization but you could block it and not report i don't even know how to do that you just block it but you, you never get this no don't give them my number bro <laughs> i see what you're doing right now put your phone down Put the phone down. It's Yad La'achim. That's what it is. It's probably where they go. I'm sure it is. I just don't understand. You don't like the unsolicited WhatsApps. I, yeah, it's a little... And no, and no other organization has this capability. Yeah. Yad La'achim somehow has this way of getting into my WhatsApp and being like, hey, don't report me. I just want you to help. But it's not Have like you we, helped? No. <laughs> but, but, don't waste your uh, no, messages just, on him, I folks. just don't know. Like There are bigger organizations. Like How come nobody else is able to just stick their hand right into my WhatsApp? Right. Why isn't anyone else doing face? that? Like, right. I don't know how. I don't get it. Me neither. Okay. Here's, here's the other article. So this is a Connecticut man. He was arrested because he fitted his, <laughs> fitted his car with police lights and he didn't want to you know, he didn't like it taking a long time to get to work every day. So he would just put on his lights every day and make believe he was a cop. <laughs> Breeze to work. Exactly. He must have a really important job. No, he doesn't. But he just doesn't like traffic. And this has to be the one that you thought might be Jewish. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because Hatzala guys. Jews come love on. lights. Love lights. Machers. They yes. love lights. Yes. Sirens. Yes. You have all these Hatzala members that I, I you know, it. Maybe it's just because I'm cynical. I start wondering, did this guy join Hatzalah just so that he could do this to his car? Oh, there's, there's guaranteed, guaranteed. There's we shouldn't just people talk like that this. Are, this is, I know, it's but it's, nice. it is what it is, right? And you know what? They're helping. It's like win-win. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? He, he, he deserves it. Right. That's what you're saying. Yeah. It's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not a bad thing. Right. If you want to, like, sign up for saving lives so that you can have some lights... Win-win, exactly. <laughs> it's like if you if you like the side of blood, become a butcher. If you want lights, be a Hatzala right. member. And it also comes with a big stack of keys and a Hatzala radio. <laughs> yes, they love the keys. In in today's world, I have two keys that I carry, two. Everything else is either digital or you know ring doorbell, all these things. Why do they have so many keys? I don't carry any keys. There is one door that needs a key, and I continue to... Uh, Jimmy the lock with a credit card. <laughs> exactly. That's what I do. So how do you explain the Hatzala guys who have, you know, 30, 40 keys? What are these keys for? I don't know. It's like a, it's like it's like uh Gabai, like they want to be in charge. They I think I feel like it comes from childhood. Like if you were in a school that had lots of keys and you can never get into any doors, now having tons of keys gives you that feeling of power. It's a power trip. It's a power trip. I got it. Okay, well, this story is coming out of Canada, and it was like it's it's the type of story that you would just, you know, go right by. But then I realized it's such a Canada story, okay? So the story is about a teacher that was suspended for two days after confining a student in a locker. So the teacher locked the student in a locker for two minutes as a punishment. Two minutes? Yeah. I thought you were going to tell me two days, because no. that would be pretty serious. <laughs> so the teacher locked the student in the locker for two minutes, and... In the article, this is where it becomes so Canadian. 
is this line from the article. Quote, Almost three years after the incident, the student's family is still pushing to have the teacher transferred to another school. So she kept her job. <laughs> it's like, just transfer the teacher and we're good. You know, like, that's how Canadians roll. Like, because they're just too nice. <laughs> it's like, nobody's calling for firing. Nobody's calling for firing. You don't have oh, to fire. No. Oh, no. That, that would impact her livelihood. <laughs> just transfer to another school and we're okay. Right. We just want her out of sight. <laughs> exactly. And jumping all the way to India, a 65-year-old man got into an argument with his daughter and his daughter-in-law about a delay in them serving him tea. So he wanted tea, they were delayed, and to get revenge on them, he poured gasoline over, all over himself and set himself on fire. Well, that's one way. That's one <laughs> way to deal with it. You know, you're bound to get attention, right? right? Okay, I will show them, right? <laughs> I will show them. They will see. I will not be here forever. There's no way he survived that, though. He did not survive. Of course not. <laughs> I'm trying not to no, laugh it's because gasoline. it's very sad. It doesn't go out. No. Like, gasoline doesn't go out. Right. Like, right. it does, but, like, you need, like, a team of firefighters. Yeah. I mean, he showed them. Like, I feel like he should have used, like, lighter fluid would have been easier to put up. Alcohol. Yeah. Right? Alcohol just goes out. Like, yes. You eventually get it goes out. Yep. They run to make you the tea, right? And then you're safe not that this is advised don't try it don't light no one shall light themselves on fire to get attention or to get a cup of tea certainly not but you know there are it's smarter ways of doing it without you know giving your life for sure and i forgot to mention this when we were talking about russia but this is also a nice way to end so uh, we're obviously not fans of putin or russia so this is a kind of a feel-good story so russia installed a gps jammer in ukraine right because we know today everything is smart bombs and missiles everything is gps guided so they installed a jammer to help them avoid you know the ukrainians using gps and smart bombs so they installed this jammer in ukraine and the ukrainians blew it up with a gps guided bomb well how did they get that Meaning, how do they get it to work? Like, if it's working, there, if the GPS jamming is working, how did they circumvent? So, according to the Russians, it can be assumed that the electronic warfare system was not operational at the moment of the strike. Well, you think so. <laughs> but that's poetic justice, if I ever heard of it. I mean, we already know how that went down, right? <laughs> right? It's like... We will get refund for GPS Jammer, and it's the last time I shop at uh, gpsjammer.ru. <laughs> Never again. Well, whoever it was that bought that GPS Jammer, you know he's going to be in hot water. He's going to be unalived. Yes. And that's all the time we have for this cast. We hope you enjoyed. We hope you stay tuned. We're going to be bringing you the latest in Israel and the Israel-Gaza war, and we're going to be bringing you the lighter side of some of the news. And if you did enjoy, of course, consider joining our WhatsApp group. You'll find the link in the show notes and find us on social media, of course, and share it in a WhatsApp group or a family chat or even to your status. Kiddish Club out. And this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.